Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Tonight is the real kickoff. Even though it seems to be a fait accompli with President Trump as a nominee, there are not too many scenarios, too many ways I could see this going. Why then uh, DeSantis, Nikki Haley? Well, if you go back to in the very beginning of this, when we started to pay attention, DeSantis was right there with Trump. It's the indictments. That's the thing that's propelled President Trump back to overwhelming status here. And people identifying, particularly evangelicals in Iowa, I think it's an underlying theme. They don't trust the federal government, weaponized against religion. They're weaponized against Trump. He's our guy. Yeah, well, what about all the baggage that President Trump thinks? We've been through this before, and I think it's been litigated. The media seems to think this time around, though, there would be some way it would be re-litigated and they would cast Trump out. And I've been reading, and I'm going to ask Mike Huckabee about this because I can't bring you anybody better. Somebody who actually won in Iowa in 2008. Somebody deeply in touch with evangelicals and in broad sense of political strategy. And boy, you talk about a grassroots effort when Mike Huckabee won. Can remember those days. Governor Huckabee is with us here again on Talk Radio 1210. Governor, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Well, it is a pleasure, Dom. I I have a feeling it may be one of the few days in the world where it is colder in Little Rock than it is in Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think so. And, Governor, when you won, when I think about interviewing you back then around all that, we'll we'll get to the evangelicals in um, Iowa. But I remember you struck a blow, and we still don't get it. And during COVID, Dr. Marty McCary says much the same thing about people that are on chronic conditions that really burden the healthcare system. And if there were more exercise, diet, and things of that nature, that you were well, Mr. Fitness uh, during that, we'd be a lot better off, and we wouldn't be talking Obamacare so much. Well, 100%. Uh... Eighty percent of all the healthcare expenses in this country are for chronic diseases, and those basically go around four things: cancer, heart attack, uh, diabetes, um, and dementia or Alzheimer's. Those are the four things that drive eighty percent of the cost. If we were working more on preventive medicine rather than intervention medicine, we would have a dramatic impact on the economy. But we'd also have a dramatic impact on the quality of life for Americans. But the entire healthcare system, top to bottom, is built on treating illnesses, not preventing them. And that's because we train doctors to treat illnesses, to diagnose them, to give them medicines. We don't really train doctors in medical school to help a patient avoid getting the illness in the first place. Now, when you won in 2008, I didn't go back and look. Was John McCain the principal rival in Iowa, or was it somebody else in Iowa? It was Mitt Romney in Iowa. Everyone thought Mitt was going to win Iowa, 
McCain didn't really play that hard in Iowa. He was focusing on New Hampshire. Right. He was basically doing what Nikki Haley has done uh, and what Chris Christie was doing until his campaign imploded. But it, it was everybody kind of picked their ground. In this case, it's Ron DeSantis who decided that he's going to lay all of his bets on the table in Iowa. And tonight, if he doesn't do really well, and by well, he not only has to be in second place, he needs to be really close to Donald Trump, or it looks like that he has failed because his numbers have basically cut in half from the time he started his campaign to where his poll numbers are right now. That's not the trajectory you want. It's more of what Jeb Bush experienced, Scott Walker experienced in 2016. Uh, and so DeSantis, I know he says, I'm going to go on no matter what. But, you know, quite frankly, I can tell you this from experience. You go on as far as you can, but when your donors dry up and the media starts ignoring you because they don't think you got a shot, you may not know it's over, but it's over. Yeah, and uh, look, I think the DeSantis is really substantial in a lot of ways, but is it that just Trump is unexplainable as a phenomenon, you know, like a, a phenom and a Mickey Mantle coming to the big leagues in baseball? There's some explanations, but isn't it some of that? This is one of a kind we're seeing. I think it is. Uh, Donald Trump is a universe unto himself. There's never been another candidate like him. Uh, there may never be another one like him. But he brought with him back in 2016 a level of celebrity that nobody else has ever had in politics, being uh, head of a major television show that was one of the top-rated shows in television, being a billionaire, having an extraordinary level of notoriety and celebrity status. This time, he comes really as the incumbent president. Now, people can say, well, he's not president right now, but he's done something nobody else in that entire uh, field has done. He has been elected. He lived at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and he might still be there had it not been for some very strange uh, voting phenomena that was uh, related to COVID and mail-in ballots. And I'm not going to declare that the election was rigged, but there were a lot of unanswered questions. And when people say, oh, that was all debunked, it went to court and they ignored it. No, they didn't really go to court with it. Judges threw every bit of evidence out. So this idea that they looked at all the evidence and there was nothing there, that's simply not true. They never looked at the evidence because they said, well, this guy who's suing doesn't have uh, standing or, mm -hmm. no, we're just not going to look at it. I don't want to rehash it, but my point is Donald Trump comes into this with something very different, and that is a record of extraordinary success as a president, and he did it against the most phenomenal headwinds that anyone has ever faced having all of the alphabet agencies in Washington trying to uh, conduct a political coup d'etat, uh, having the entire intelligence community try to uh, overthrow uh, him, uh, the FBI and the Justice Department conspiring uh, to end his presidency, and then you have the media and the Democrat Party that were in collusion to do anything they could to keep Donald Trump from becoming president again. I wanted to ask you particularly, because you really are second to none, if somebody can answer this, um, did Vanderplatz endorse you then? Is that one of the people that endorsed Mike Huckabee in 2008? He did. Um, we enlisted Bob to help with our campaign. He became, uh, he was a paid consultant. 
you know, and, and we paid him to help us because, you know, it was fair to, uh, but there was never any, uh, there was never any secrecy about that. He was a, basically right. a staff member of our campaign. And, you know, after that campaign, I think his sort of uh, usefulness certainly enhanced. And since that time, he has uh, always connected to a campaign in one form or another. And as far as I know, he's probably always been compensated for doing it. Uh, you know, he can say, well, no, I, I didn't get anything. You know, I'm sorry. I, I think he probably has gotten something from every campaign that he has okay. endorsed. I'm, I'm asking that, Governor, for, with it. for this yeah. reason, though. He endorsed DeSantis, and uh, you yeah. have much more knowledge from afar, though. Read a couple of really good pieces, Wall Street Journal, a couple of others, about a whole new wave due to social media of other evangelical pastors who I think are supporting Trump. And it's one of the reasons why this guy's not backing the winner this time, as he always, Vanderplatz, as he always does. It's really opened up the field here. And uh, apparently there's traction when you put this coalition of these other ministers together. Oh, without a doubt, Don. And I think one of the realities, it's well known that the the Santos campaign um, gave $95,000 to uh, Bob Vanderplatz and his organization. And that that rankled a lot of people. But more importantly, I don't think Bob Vanderplatz has still the same stick that he has had in the past where he says, this is the guy. And everybody says, oh, that's good enough for me. First of all, social media has changed things a lot. People get their information more directly. They don't necessarily say, what does Bob think? Uh, They look for themselves. So, Look, anyone would want the endorsement, wouldn't say they wouldn't. I'm sure Trump would have been happy to have it, as would Nikki or anyone else. But I don't think that endorsement moved the needle. And if it did, it moved it in a different way. Because, as I said, when DeSantis got in the race, Mm -hmm. his numbers were twice as good as they are now. And he really is following, I'd say, a trajectory more like that of Fred Thompson or Mitt Romney than he is of what Rick Santorum or I did when we got into Iowa ended up surprising people by winning and stayed on our feet for the campaign's uh, endurance. You know, and in my case in 08, I came in second to McCain, won a bunch of states in Super Tuesday. Um, Rick Santorum, you know, continued to be a rival to uh, Romney throughout the 2012 campaign. In 2016, Ted Cruz was the only one that stayed in it long enough to be a rival to Trump. But Trump still overwhelmed him and uh, stormed into uh, the nomination. Yeah, exactly. So how do you see this uh, shaping up tonight? I wanted to ask you about Nikki Haley, because among our listeners, there's um, a lot of antagonism. Uh, the uh, I, I mean, it seems to me, without a doubt, there's enough evidence here. Trump's biggest legacy governor, I think, the Republican Party and not getting involved in unending wars, aside from all the other stuff that we talked about, that yeah. is stuck. And Nikki Haley is on the Liz Dick Cheney side of this. We had Rand Paul on the other day. That's his biggest gripe with her, I think. Well, and I think it's a fair break. Uh, Donald Trump's first president in 72 years, well, other than Reagan, who did not get us in a, a shooting war. And everybody thought Donald Trump was a crazed madman who would rush over and push the button and blow the world up. He did the opposite. He actually brought things to a real sense of peace in large measure because 
when he went to NATO, he looked at every one of those people to their faces and said, you're a bunch of slackers and deadbeats and you're not paying your fair share. If you don't start paying up, we're pulling out. Well, it terrified everybody and they started paying. He saved NATO by sticking it right to their faces. As a result, there was a peaceful world. I'm going to tell you something, Dom. Putin would never have invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump was still in Tell, tell me why you think that. Is it the wild card of Trump that he would take? What action would he take? They don't know. And that's, that's, okay. what, yeah. they were fe- that's yeah. what they were most fearful of. Yeah. They knew that he could take action, as he did when he, uh, you know, he basically went in and took care of that Syrian airfield. Yep. It wasn't a war. He just went in while he's having dinner with Chi down at Mar-a-Lago. He says, excuse me, man. And he comes back and says, oh, I'm sorry. I had to be excused. I went and basically gave the order to blow up those airfields in Syria where the Russians were. Now, what kind of message does that send? Don't screw with this guy because he, he doesn't sit back and wring his hands. He will do what's necessary uh, to keep people like Putin from acting bad. You know, he may go out and say, oh, Putin's a brilliant guy. That's part of Trump's genius. He will say things about an enemy as if they are his best friend and he is praising them. But deep down, he knows what he's dealing with. We would not have had that horrible massacre in Israel on October the 7th if Donald Trump had been in office. And I'll tell you why very specifically. Donald Trump put maximum pressure economically on the Iranians. Rather than bombing them, he was bankrupting them. They were in such deep problems because they couldn't sell their oil anywhere. Right. Because we said, you sell your, you buy oil from Iran, you don't do any business with the U.S. Nobody could afford to do that. So Trump had Iran on the ropes. And if he was still in office, Iran might have already had a revolution and gotten rid of the, uh, the horrible Ayatollah. The people might have finally had enough capacity to overthrow it. What does Biden do? He comes in day one. He reverses all the energy policies that were making us energy independent for 75 years. First time we were exporting energy. We were prospering. Iran was sucking air. Biden comes in and reverses it. And almost immediately, Iran has $80 billion in oil money. And they're buying up things for Hezbollah and Hamas. And now we've got a mess on our hands in the Middle East. Thank you, Joe Biden. Your policies, as Robert Gates so famously said, you've been wrong on every foreign policy decision (laughs) in your life. I remember when he wanted to put uh, Iraq into three different states. Yes, that was uh, another Biden uh, brilliant plan. Governor, uh, you're up to a lot of things. Where do we find Governor Mike Huckabee? Every week I do a television show on Trinity Broadcasting, TBN. You can go to Huckabee.tv. There's a channel finder. It's a great show, if I do say so myself, and a lot of fun. We do it in Nashville with a live studio audience and phenomenal house band made up of session musicians in Nashville. We have a lot of variety on the show, everything from politics to acrobats and comedians and music. It's a fun show with just enough politics to keep it interesting, but not enough to make you want to sit in a warm tub with razor blades in both hands. So that's a great thing. But I think, it's you know, in addition to that, I'm on some corporate boards. I own some radio stations. Uh, I'm doing a newsletter every day, involved in some businesses, and still on the speaking circuit. And the truth is, Dom, I'm busier now than I've ever been in my life. Well, you are just a great friend here and uh, unbelievable insight. 
And when we had you over here at the Media Theater with one of your books, uh, you told me to say we're going to play you out with your band, house band Capital Offense. Elvis has left the building. (laughs) Hey, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Dom. I hope to do it again soon. Thank you, Governor Mike Huckabee there. I put that second to none for insight with Trump, Iowa, evangelicals, and what's happening here. You can give me your response at 855-839-1210. Dai Yuan in 2008, whose daughter's still in the main ring and uh, has a lot of insight exactly about what would Putin have done or delayed if Trump were in office versus a Biden. Good as it gets. But right now, every day as usual. Boy, today is really concocted. I've been seeing Dan in the laboratory here today. It is time for... It's Dobbs Money Melody. All right. Today, we are playing for a digital movie download for Next Goal Wins. Michael Fassbender stars in this hilarious, heartwarming... Feel-good underdog comedy based on a true story by Academy Award-winning filmmaker Taikai Watiti. A score big by adding Next Goal Wins to your movie collection today. Uh, buy it now on digital and own it on Blu-ray February 27th. Tough one, Taika Watiti. Oh yes. <laughs> this I... is spelled and broken into phonetics for his uh, kindergarten level here. But what do you have, Dan? Uh, yeah, Dom, so today we're talking about... Uh, Movies, films, TV shows that make you feel warm. And uh, anytime you hear this very short stanza of a song, of an orchestra, you instantly feel warm and think of this film. So, Dom, today we want to know what movie is this very short little sound from. Uh, Tell us that and you win that free digital download. Take a listen. So I want to give it down. Oh, boy. All right. So what film is this uh, from? Digital download film today's surprise. Ties in. Let's hear it one more time. Hit us with that at 855-839-1210, AT&T, and Verizon Wireless. All you have to do is just push pound 1210, get the correct answer, and we'll send that film off to you here on Talk Radio 12. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's right. Every day around this time for a great prize, we do that. Let's hear the clue again from the film, and we're looking for the name of the film. All right, so 855-839-1210. Let's try Pat in Marlton. Hey, Pat, afternoon. What's the name of the film? The Natural. No, no. So close. That's pretty close. Uh, No, I don't. No, The Natural is um, a little bit 
more elevated, grander than that, I think. What? No, this movie's grander than The Natural. Well, I meant it's more, um, it's not as subdued as this yeah. film. Yeah, this one's kind of uh, like... Yeah, it, the sounds we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I prefer The Natural over this, but that's Do another... You really? Se- oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Even though it changes the ending, which is a unhappy ending is, in the book. I think this might be my favorite sports okay. film. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. That's how you do it. What is the name of it? Did we give another clue? Uh, do you want to give another clue? I mean, um, there's a lot of them we can give. The, the reason why I picked this, I'll give this. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was an homage paid to this film recently by the professional right. league, and that right. sound, that sound that you heard me use as a clue, was used by a a network that we're not very fond of here on the Dom Giordano program to promote said uh, homage paid to this film. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So what is it? 855-839-1210. You have to get in now immediately, or I guess we'll uh, put this prize back in the prize shelf here with Walter Kosk. Should we give a state clue? You want to give a big one? Yeah. Uh, what do you want to give? I mean... A state clue. You can give a state. Locale. Yeah? Yeah. If you, uh, okay, or... Um, Is that too big, though? I mean... All right. Maybe that's too easy. It's too much of a layup. Um, yeah, why not? It's, okay. it's, it, it ties into what we're talking yes, about. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Very, very, oh, very, put it that yeah. way. It ties into what we're talking about. That's the state. My yeah. God. Yeah, come on. 855 Pat, Pat and Reddy, do you have it? Hello? Yep. What's the name of the film? Feel the Dreams. There you go. Nicely played. Enjoy the uh, digital film that we're sending you, Pat. Next goal wins. Okay? Uh, I didn't think that was that hard. Boy, a lot harder ones have gone there. Yeah. But okay. All right. We got a winner I like the today. state, though. That was good. Yeah. We got a winner. We're ready to go with that. Um, I didn't play this. I teased it. Speaking of sports, sports films, this is cut eight. All right. So the Eagles play tonight. I'm not sure. I don't anticipate them taking over Tampa with thousands and thousands of Eagles fans. A sign that people are a little uh, wary of this Eagles team. They win tonight. They'll be back on the bandwagon. Listen to this, though, from Stacey King, who uh, played power forward in the league, I believe. I think he was out of Oklahoma. He scored a lot of points in college. He's a color commentator for the Bulls. And you're going to hear them, the Bulls fans, erupting when they put Jerry Krause, their former during the glory years, the six years that uh, Michael Jordan won, into their circle of fame, whatever they call it, their hall of fame. And his widow's there. All right? Now, this guy in the last dance, I think uh, Michael Jordan's a bit of a weasel, over the top. The guy was not good, but not Jordan wasn't either in this. So listen to the reaction when they announce they're putting his banner up, I guess, putting him into their hall of fame. Upset right now. Yep. Nationwide is on your side, Bulls Nation. Right, we just had a remarkable ceremony bringing back the legends, and I'm telling you what, you know, we're Chicago is a is a, a sports town, and what we witnessed today when Jerry Krause's name was called, and the people that booed Jerry Krause and his widow, who was accepting this honor for him, it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I hurt for that lady, brought her to tears, and whoever booed her in this arena should be ashamed of themselves. It was that's not Chicago. That's New York, Philly. Chicago's not like that. We don't have a reputation of being that way. 
All right, so we're sitting here minding our own business in Philadelphia, right? And this guy attacks Philadelphia fans. <laughs> Thanks. Because in Chicago, they booed the elderly widow uh, there, and they saw her there. I mean, she's standing there in center court. They're saying, now, look, Jerry Krause they may not have liked, and we don't want to be the sports police. I think what you do is maybe you don't do anything. Do you just go crazy booing, though? When you're seeing a widow there brought to tears. If we did that in Philadelphia, Dan, that would replace Santa Claus for the next 50 years. Maybe Chicago booing an elderly widow should replace Santa Claus. Then. But we get the rap as being animals here. In Philadelphia, of course they would do that. Well, would we? Uh, some people would. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, think, but, like, so, so what, what Kraus did is he took that legendary Bulls team and essentially right. just imploded them, uh, traded them all away. I think, wasn't right. it the same family that would do local blackouts to try to get people to come to the games? And they, they didn't treat the city too fondly, so the city yeah. wasn't treating them. So I, Well, I, I think, though, when they're putting him into the Hall of, of Honor and the widow is well, there, yeah, elderly yeah. widow, but that, I don't think you can go wild booing them. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to applaud. I like said we say we hated Ed Snyder as much as we love him here in right. Philadelphia, and he was put up on the board. Right. I could see myself booing his name, and then them all of a sudden showing the widow and being like, "Oh, oh, you yeah, know what? That, Never that's, mind." That's, uh, yeah, that's I feel I mean. like a lot of people were probably well, just booing him, and then they put him up there, and it's just bad timing. And I think King or somebody else when here here's the other punchline went on to say that's what we become in this country politically. You know where they were going, Trump. That actually oh, can't. Yeah. They didn't. They yeah. didn't say the name, but that's where it was going. But here, Philadelphia sports fans, once again, at least they threw New York in too, who I think are worse. But uh, you know, I mean, you ever see these Mets fans that come to Philly's games? Oh. We've been at several with them. It, yeah. Beyond uh, just the just the accent, I can't take the pushiness, the whole thing. We're not we're not in that league. We have our people that are. But here again, Philadelphia fans sitting here doing nothing. They're booing the widow. And he says, that's not Chicago. Well, they just did it. Shots fired. It is Chicago. Right. They're just booing the widow. Okay. Um, 855-839-1210. How are you feeling toward tonight? I didn't get uh, Mike Huckabee. Didn't want to put him in there, you know, giving us a prediction. Uh, I think uh, reading between the lines, he thinks Trump is going to pretty much fulfill what the uh, polling indicates. And Ron DeSantis is probably going to come in third. And if he does, even if he comes in second but gets walloped, he's put all the chips in on Iowa, including the six-week abortion ban. So how is it that Trump says that's too harsh? It's a stunning number of evangelicals, if you are one, that are the base of the caucus tonight. DeSantis says six-week ban. He was glad he signed it. And yet he's going to get waffled tonight. The best he can hope for, I'd say, is to lose to Trump by about 30 points. The worst is to lose to Nikki Haley by two or three points. Wouldn't you think on the life issue or are evangelicals and Republicans there saying, you know what? Trump put those judges on the Supreme Court. It got kicked back to the states. That's where it ought to go. And no, just because DeSantis supports the six-week ban... We're not going to support DeSantis and throw Trump overboard. With all the stuff that Trump has done, you would think, and we're hearing it again, how can evangelicals support 
Well, there's added reasons. They see the 91 indictments. They feel the federal government is weaponized against them. And it is against traditional Catholics, Catholics, uh, evangelicals. We've seen it. It's not just Mark Halk. It's any number of things the Biden Department of Justice is engaged in. And they feel that Trump has taken one for the team here. And that's where his support went up. He was neck and neck with DeSantis, maybe even behind early on. And we see where it is now. If that happens tonight, what it tells us essentially, this race is over. Whatever New Hampshire does, which is an outlier because it's independents and Democrats voting to try to stop Trump. And as we move to South Carolina, he'll waffle Nikki Haley there. And then we'll just be going through the motions with this. And on to the main event. Tom Giordano Show. I'm coming to your calls. A quick update today on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, This is an interesting thing. And it may indicate that people seriously are looking for ways to discredit him. But I think he's doing a pretty good job, Dan, since you might support him on this. He was asked by Politico in anticipation of today's Martin Luther King Day. Was it the right thing for your father, RFK and JFK, to allow the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover to give the order to wiretap, eavesdrop on Dr. Martin Luther King and his private conversation slash other things? And Kennedy said, yeah. He said it was that's political truth that they were putting big bets on him Because of the march on Washington, I don't know that the Kennedys were in favor of that. They were slow on this stuff. And Politico then says, uh, if uh, JFK had been elected to a second term, he would have fired Hoover. Eh, I don't think so, buddy. They go on to say, well, RFK Jr. bills himself as a truth tower. That's the cell across the board. Part of the appeal with that name, etc., How can that withstand scrutiny, particularly with black voters, if he's defending the wiretapping of Martin Luther King Jr. on this day? Now, you could say, ah, it's Politico just doing a, uh, uh, you know, some kind of piece on him. Or is this going to be there's going to be a concerted effort, A, to keep him off the ballot and B, if he is to discredit him in one way or the other. Uh, By both parties, I think, because he's an unknown. I still believe he takes more from Biden than from Trump. Evidence, poll out over the weekend, Des Moines Register asked Trump supporters if RFK were in the mix, along with Biden versus Trump, would you support RFK Jr.? And only 1% said Mm. yes. And I think there's a lot more people that are on the Biden side that might support if it's a head to, a three-person race with him in it, polling most recently in Pennsylvania, he gets about 11%, which is quite a lot. Dan and I have a pizza bet. He thinks it'll be more. God only knows, uh, you know, that's a long way off. But I still think that's an enormous amount based upon what the two parties are going to do to discredit him, Trump included, and the money they're going to spend to promote themselves in Pennsylvania. If he gets 11% here, wow, that would be stunning. That would be quite an accomplishment, to put it mildly. So watch for this. Now, he shouldn't have to defend the father 
But this is a matter of big public record. You hold yourself out as being anti this government overreach. And I think you have to say, no, the Kennedy shouldn't have been wiretapping yeah, hold on a Martin it's, Luther King Jr. Yeah, it's not very, uh, it doesn't go, go hand in hand. He's very right. anti, exactly. you yeah. know, uh, surveillance and all. And then he's talking about, yeah. Big time, the sure. biggest, yeah. Per, uh, yeah, and he's, he's spinning. Well, he's, the most controversial you know, wildcat He's time, thought right. about yeah. this. See, look, he's trying to tap into the Kennedy name without the baggage. Well, guess what? Something that big, there's always going to be baggage. I mean, and the Kennedys had a lot of baggage, to put it mildly. And allowing Hoover to go forward with this, get salacious tapes of King, calling him a communist, and that's what they were trying to do. Kennedy said, well, they had to know that, whether he was a communist or not. Ah, that's not going to fly here, you know. So watch for this if it continues to develop. It may be just around, because today Martin Luther King Jr., the holiday, uh, or it might be that this uh, he gets asked about this a lot. I think you're going to see him get asked about it a lot. And again, he's already got any number of positions that draw people to him, but also turn other people away. That's why he's the most intriguing candidate, even in a race with Trump in a lot of ways. What is it going to happen with him? All right, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. Hit us with something, TV or film, TV series or film, that's heartwarming, giving cold being out there. One other uh, quick thing. The principal of James Madison High School, Jody Cohen, has spoken. Now, James Madison is the high school where the illegal immigrants were placed last week during the uh, big rainstorm. She's in a virtual meeting on Zoom, according to the New York Post. Cohen attacked those parents who protested and opposed the school's closing to house um, illegal immigrants. She said, I don't understand how people who never come on a Zoom like this could take an opportunity this evening to throw mud. This emergency is for one night. One night. Again, tin ear, lady. You don't get it. People are tired of this. They want to know who's coming to their neighborhood. They want to know why their kids who already were dragged through COVID and remote learning that doesn't work even a little bit had to submit to this. For what reason? Well, it's one night, which it was, and apparently it was more. And then they want to know, you know, what's going to be done with these people coming to their neighborhood? Why do they have to suffer this? All right, let's go to uh, Greta. Greta is in uh, Gloucester on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Greta. Hi there, Dom. Hi, Hi. Dan. Uh, a show that I didn't appreciate at the time because I was 14 and wasn't interested in that stuff, but years later I, I found it. My mother always liked it. was The Waltons. And it was it was really – I still, every once in a while, when I'm you know cursing at the television, I have to flip the channels <laughs> and watch something <laughs> – well, yeah, you know it. what it is? It's heartwarming, but it's elevated. It was a really good, well-written show based upon yeah, a sense of reality. Yeah. And I didn't even know that the grandmother was gay in real life. I mean, she was a good actor, a- actress, and, you know, people didn't let all of their other, you right. know, things going on, their political slant or anything get involved in the show. Now, that's a good one. The Waltons, we should have taken off the board, to put it mildly. Alan in Hamilton. Hey, Alan. Uh, good afternoon. What do you have? The human comedy. Well, tell us. 
I don't know that one. Well, you I, were I, men- I, you were mentioning the uh, yeah. uh, best years of our lives. Yes. This was a couple years earlier, two two years earlier, and uh, it's a story of three brothers and uh, the main one that uh, the picture's about is uh, Mickey Rooney, and uh, his brother is in the army. That's Van Johnson. And it's called the, the Human Comedy, but it's not a funny show. And uh, Van Johnson dies at the end in, in the war. But his a friend that he talked about the home life c- comes back wounded, and and the friend is accepted as the uh, brother who didn't come home. That is uh, great. Yeah, look, this here is how it worked. When you call. You just don't blurt out an answer. You got to tell us in your own words, you know, what you really like about. I know the human comedy, the book. I don't know that I saw any TV show over the course of time. All right. uh, Joe of Exton's in the on deck. Who knows who else Uh, may be coming up? Hit us with some show, TV or film. Cold is the watchword today. uh, That is heartwarming, but high quality. Not just uh, modeling, you know, not just, all right, throw that uh, that stuff out there and uh, people will love it. It's got to be high quality. I had Forrest Gump, and I think The Office in the end. Dan, yours was Remember the Titans and... Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah all good shots. Hit us with that. You could be the winner. We'll put your name into the hat. The time has come for the final test. Uh, we usually call it the lightning round. <laughs> Yes, a little preview toward tomorrow. Uh, Kathy Barnett, who is the uh, on-the-ground person for Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. Dan's going to be on at 1230, right? Yeah, she'll be on at 1230. And hopefully Kane, the wrestler, who is a a big supporter, apparently, is out there in Iowa. He's a mayor, too, uh, of uh, President Trump will be on. We hope travel and all that stuff coming back from Iowa, but... With uh, Kathy, it's going to be interesting to see inside the campaign. She's their person on the ground. Uh, how the Vivek people are responding? Uh, Trump taking uh, Trump actually to go after Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy this afternoon. Praise Ron DeSantis a bit. You know, one of those. Well, at least DeSantis didn't do this. Oh my God, for him to. And by the way, the desanctimonious thing has never caught on. I mean, you know, Trump tries a lot of nicknames. The only one that really is always going to... There are two things. The two branding. MAGA can't be beaten. And two, low energy. That stuck. People use that all the time now, you know, with uh, Jeb Bush, but in general. The others, uh, Crooked Hillary. Yeah, I don't... You know, that's an easy... He's using Crooked Biden now. Sleepy Biden might be better. Sleepy Joe. All right, so um, we'll see the results tonight, I guess, in the middle of the second half of the Eagles game. But uh, if I had to predict, based upon everything that we can see, the weather being part of it, Trump is going to do astoundingly well. And I'm going to say that in the end, Ron DeSantis gets over the finish line over Nikki Haley here. Nikki Haley has the least enthusiastic of any of these three, based on polling of people fired up about her. Those supporting her, often Democrats and independents, are fired up about stopping Trump. That's what it comes down to. All right, side question. Heartwarming TV 
series or film. Let's go to Joe in Exton. Joe, happy Martin Luther King Day. Good afternoon. Yeah, hello, Don. Likewise, my show is a 50s program regarding an immigrant family involving a widowed uh, mother and her two American-born daughters. And the interaction between the daughters and the mother is so endearing that the program was entitled, I Remember Mama. Thank you, Joe. That's a little bit uh, back in them foggy, but I, I've heard it in TV lore. He's right about heartwarming. Yeah, it's there yeah. with the human comedy of a 1940s film we're not familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, this is an interesting <laughs> spin. I see a potential winner here, Dan. I got to say, there's two of them here. Uh, the, the heavy hitter. Good stuff coming up here. This one, uh, John and Perkisy. John, what's the heartwarming Perkisee. film? Yes. Well, the best of all time. I think no TV show has made you laugh so much or cry so much, and that would be MASH. You see it's uh, then is heartwarming in the end, though. Oh, my goodness. Those people, they put their hearts and souls into saving lives every day, and then they went and laughed about it at the bar, and they all hated each other, and they all loved each other at the same time. It was an amazing show, and it still runs every night. Oh, without a doubt. Thank you, John. I've had Mike Farrell, Dan, on several times. Great guy, even though it's like hand-to-hand combat over the death penalty. I think I had him in studio once. He was in town. Great guy, though. Go hand-to-hand with it. Yeah, but he, uh, you know, in the death penalty, we get the gloves came off. and uh, But he's more than willing to come back. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I, Dan, I have to say, I am a huge fan of this show. So many things I remember from it. Chuck in Newtown Square. Chuck, what's your show? Hey, great day, guys. Hope you can hear me. You're kind of breaking up on me, so I'll be fast. I think not underrated to you and I, Dom, but uh, underrated society as a whole is the Wonder Years. And it had so many lessons in it. And the mother and father were terrific. But little Kevin would open the show with a monologue and many times close with a monologue. And it was very heartwarming. It always had a lesson to it. Just a great, great show. Absolutely. I had uh, Winnie Cooper in studio, Dan Mathwood. Oh, did you? Yeah. How was It was that? great. Yeah. yeah, I was doing morning drive with her. Yeah, she was Trying wonderful. Crush of mine. I, uh, yeah, I think that's a worthy contender. Don in Franconia, though, is on Talk Radio 1210. What do you have, Don? Uh, I got Go Birds, but for, as far as the question, I'm going with uh, Happy Days. All right, yeah. Happy Days is certainly quintessential, feel-good, great show. The mom and dad, wonderful characters. Of course, the Fonz. And finally, Bill in Bucks County. All right, Bill, how about yours? Okay, mine is uh, the uh, military went to an extreme uh, length to to try to find a private whose all the brothers had perished uh, in the world, in the war, and it was saving, saving Private Ryan. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that may be Tom Hanks' strongest role Number three. for me. Third yeah. time he's mentioned. Oh, that's Can't right. Three times. A, big, a guy calling in. I made the piano for Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. He appears. You better watch out. Yeah, that's right. Too much Tom Hanks talk today. All right, let's hear some of the contenders here. Uh, Tom Hanks, big. Uh, Robin and Menford uh, actually called yeah. a uh, caused another caller to call in and tell us a local yes. tie to the film Big, in which they had a big uh, 
keyboard was invented here in Philadelphia. Uh, Greta and Gloucester with the wall-ins. I think that struck a chord with many. Uh, John had MASH. I think MASH is an interesting one because it's a very depressing mm-hmm. show, but also right. heartwarming in the end. And then Chuck and Newtown Square. I think that one kind of rings probably truest for both of us being the Wonder Years. I like the Wonder Years. Yeah, I got to go with yeah, that. His call Chuck. was good. His explanation. I can think of several scenes. The father was perfect in that. The mother, ugh. And, and not only the storytelling and the beautiful like yeah. wrap-ups of stories, but the, the nostalgia just makes you feel warm, too, on the show. By the way, I think that's what people are voting for in this election, Dan. You set me up for a great closing comment. With Trump, they do want to go back in time to what they see a better as a better America. Guess what, though? The Biden people, though, want to go back in a better time in America. But their vision of it is... More unions, more abortion, etc. Let's face it, they both want to go back in time. Not going for the everybody talks about the future, but it's a back in time. Which version of that? All right, we're all set tonight. The big decision. And we'll have full breakdown tomorrow, even with Kathy Burnett, who is uh, high up there in the Vivek campaign. We hope to be joined by Kane, who uh, Trump draws people like this uh, out there. Uh, pitching. Oh, wait, I can't yeah. wait to hear how he's gone from wrestling. To yeah, politics from wrestling and... to. Uh, I don't know why I thought he was the Undertaker. Didn't the Undertaker? Well, his original name, or the Undertaker's original name when he first debuted, oh, was okay. called Kane the Undertaker. Oh, that's but they dropped is. the part Kane okay. and then uh, split him out to be his brother, uh, and that's right. Glenn Jacobs' character, Kane, with the red mask, the black and okay. red mask. Uh, very big in the late '90s, and again, I, I dressed as a kid, as or dressed as him as a kid. Like it's it's big for me to have this guy. I have to say, show. my all-time favorite wrestler, of course, showmanship and all. And I met him in an interview, and he was a great guy, Ric Flair. But the more complicated, and I only interviewed him once, Mankind. Oh yeah, Mick that Foley's. guy, Mick Foley, is brilliant. Reminds me for some reason of Jason Kelsey. I just, don't know. It's just well, brilliant. that's what it is. I, I think they're just yeah. really good guys, both of them, and yeah. boisterous, fun. Santa types. Almost. But he created this character, Mankind. It was much to either he did or they did with him. Speaking of Kelsey, before we get out of here, predictions for tonight. What's your final score? Uh, well, I took the over. So somewhere a combination of 44 points. The Eagles win by two or three. Okay, so 28-24? Yeah, something like that. Okay. No, that would be 52. That's yeah, I know. But I, thought you, I thought you meant over the 44 points. Okay. Yeah, well, right. So well, now, you're, now you're trying to get us to do a lot of math. Yeah, 24-21, something okay. like that. Okay, yeah. 24-21 Eagles. Tampa is wretched. If they don't win tonight, and particularly since it's a playoff game, I can kind of buy into, not a big uh, A.J. Brown fan, uh, simply because causes trouble. Brilliant. He's in top three receivers. Can they win by spreading the ball around? Uh, for one game, you can. I think it'll happen tonight. And then the town will be fine tomorrow. Maybe we'll get Angelo on tomorrow, particularly if they lose. All right, uh, Richie always next to break everything down political. Four big hours. Follow me on Twitter until tomorrow. And particularly as the caucuses go tonight, I'll be on Twitter at Dom Show 1210 at Dom Show 1210. Thanks to Dan and Jim for producing today. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.